on the last episode of Orbiting the Ghost Planet. Let's go back. It's February of 1996. Where did all these bees come from? Stuff is going on <laughs> on the set. Yeah. Like, there's a gunfight between Space Ghost and Zorak, and Terry Jones is there doing his whole whatever it is he's doing. Timmy fell down the well again. <laughs> I had some real adventures of Johnny Quest toys. The results from your test came back. You got an A+. Plus. Nice job. Woo! Joe, I... I... I'm Batman. Who's behind the camera? Chad goes still in the building! Oh my gosh, cliffhanger. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's going to happen to Space Ghost? I mean, we do have one episode left in the season. And it's called Explode. Like, I don't want to give too much away, but we'll get to that next time. Mm -hmm. There are over 200 people in that hotel with their lives on the line. Tell me where the bomb is. First of all, I have to apologize. I goofed and I forgot that Urgent comes in between... <laughs> Uh, jerk and explode. I thought you had died in that Caribbean hovercraft accident. That was my evil twin. The doctor's just called. He's out of the coma. And he's mad as hell. Is that going to be the continuation of the the plot? Well, I don't want to give Bomb. anything away. <laughs> so I won't. Hello, hello, and welcome to Orbiting the Ghost Planet. I'm Nick. I'm Joe. And this week, we sat down to watch Season 3, Episode 2, $20.01. Hey, everybody. Hey, Dr. Nick. Ooh, it's me. I'm the clown doctor. I'm sorry, I just love that joke because your name is Nick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's solid. You would think I'd be used to it. Um... So we're back at the mics after an extended absence that I don't really have an explanation for. I mean, um, I would say we got new jobs, yeah, real jobs, like yeah, like and they take up time, but we love them. So, like, I'm on a schedule, <laughs> and it doesn't like I generally don't get calls in the morning and say like, "Hey, the other guy." rolled his Chevy over the weekend, can you work today and forever? Mm -hmm. So that's like, I think, like, I don't get those anymore, so I think this is now, like, a real job. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh. But we've been away from this too long. Space yes. Ghost needs to be talked about. The fact that the first thing that actually broke our silence was the passing of uh, Clay Croker is... I feel a little ashamed about that. Mm. Overall, I feel sad about that. But, hey, let's get back on the horse. Let's get back to it. Yeah. And what an episode. When we left off, this was... I was so excited that we were going to get onto it because this week we watched $20.01. This was a great episode. It is a fantastic... This is a barn burner of an episode. <laughs> uh, I really am not sure how this is not the first episode of season three, but I think the whole... When you consider, like, air dates and you consider that they always showed them, like, two in a row because you have to fill up that half-hour yeah. block and then how it's split up for DVDs and licensing and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, 
but yeah, like that, like out the gate, the cold open has Joel Hodgson in it. Yeah. Of MST3K hosting fame. Yeah. Before that, other guy came in, even though that other guy was there all along, just quietly in the background as Torgo. <laughs> well, my first comment, this was a very multilingual episode, actually. There were four different languages besides um, English. There were? Yes. Because uh, in the beginning, at the end of the cold open, Moltar says, Vaya con Dios. To which Joel responds, Krakatoa, east of Java, which is amazing because that's... See, that's the thing that makes me think that's not just like an MST callback, but that is some sort of joke that they've always, that goes back even further than these <laughs> shows, and it's just like moved into the consciousness because of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what are what, what are what? Uh, Space Ghost did yeah. the other three. He said, excusez-moi. Okay, that's French. He used mein Freund when talking to Zorak. Oh, dang. Okay. German. And then Sayonara, which is Japanese. Sure. Okay. Yeah, like... He was all over the place, I yeah. guess. Wow. <clears throat> I don't know why it stood out so much oh. to me. Uh, he also says, Shalom, yo estoy Space Ghost. When? And when he first invisos in. Oh, okay. I don't know how I missed that. Because Zorak is talking under him, so he's doing that He's doing that echoing oh, yeah, thing, and was, it's just about getting mad was, at him. Yeah. But he starts out, Shalom, yo estoy Space Ghost. And that's... Well, there you go. So that's uh, five. That brings it up to five. Even better than you thought. How do you like that? <laughs> So, yeah, like, we've already seen that Joel's going to be on the show. We have the intro, and, like, you're excited for him, but we have a couple of other introductions to make first. Yeah. Uh, because the first thing that happens is, you know, Zorak is doing his thing, being a little pain in the patoot, because <laughs> he's so cute. Uh, they're both really cute. Well, they Zorak, they're cute. That's, like, that's on their resume. Mm-hmm. Um, Space Ghost decides that he has had enough, and he fires them. Which, honestly, I am surprised he hadn't done that before this. Well, it's also weird because he never really hired them. They were just kind of captured and pressed into service as talk show co-host sidekicks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what the paper look looks like to fire somebody. I don't know if they get a pink slip yeah. or, like, a pardon, I guess. Is that <laughs> you fire somebody from a prison sentence? <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're gone, and Space Ghost brings in the Mo 2000. Which I didn't notice until the end, but the image of that was just like a mirrored video clip. Yeah. So it was like perfectly symmetrical. It's so great. Giant Di- computer blinking lights. Which has to be from like an old like Ultraman episode. Oh, yeah, just definitely. something with a big, something from the vault. They just said, hey, what's, what's like got a big computer in it? Okay, this. Okay, but let's get the people out there and just mirror it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it works. Um and Moltar and Zorak, they they don't like they leave the set, but they don't really leave because they just go down to the commissary and hang out. Yeah, which again, this was like you know they have the commissary shots now, so you sure as heck gonna use them. Yeah, and honestly, I think the commissary shots from this episode are some of my favorite Space Ghost like scenes. They're pretty good. They're really good. I don't want to jump the gun here, but <laughs> like I wrote down pretty much all of them in my notes yep. as notable. I did a couple too. Along with one of the uh one of the grievances that Space Ghost leverages against uh Zorak and Maltar as reasons for their um employment termination, <laughs> let's put it. Um is they're always leaving wet, stringy things in the Phantom Cruiser. And that's just unpleasant. I'm guessing it was probably Zorak. It was probably Zorak. Some sort of bug thing. Yeah, like, I think they started playing that 
with that more this season because like they they had the whole thing with like the locusts and the noises and shittering right. and all of that, but like. Zorak become Zorak gets into some wet stunts this season. Like I know, I know of one coming up in a couple of episodes where um, the phrase "mucusy membrane" is uttered and illustrated. Oh boy! And is also unpleasant. <laughs> oh boy! <clears throat> oh yeah. So and then so they they bugger off to the commissary where they're just figuring out what to do with their lives now i guess mm-hmm. um and apparently the commissary has all you can eat birthday cake which sounds pretty awesome yeah uh who's who's the one who said it uh Maltar or zorak who says that they're going to go drown their sorrows in jello that was zorak that was zorak mm-hmm. okay uh here's my question to you what do you think is best for drowning your sorrows in because like the classic cli- cli- the classic quiche is <laughs> cliche. Uh-huh. No. The classic cliche is whiskey or bourbon and Something a strong. gun. <laughs> yeah. um, basically that scene from uh, The Punisher mm-hmm. where he's just got a bottle in one hand and a gun in the other hand and the spinning fan in the window of the brick wall yep. behind him. That very like industrial turned residential apartment, which I'm still such a fan <laughs> of. I would love that apartment. It's so grody. My choice to drown my sorrows is usually either cheesecake or mac and cheese. Mm. Mac and cheese is pretty good. Yeah. Something real good and heavy. See, like, like my number one, like, if I'm just feeling just, like, crushed and forlorn, mm-hmm. Burnout 3 Takedown for the PS2 <laughs> is my... My imbibement of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, pair it with like, so you, you know when you're seeing like a lemonade commercial and they have that big round jug, yeah, of like lemonade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, fill one of those with either like red Kool Aid mm-hmm. and you just drink that Kool Aid, <laughs> or that same thing filled with chocolate milk. Hmm. That much. It's a lot of chocolate milk. I have a lot of sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a sad story. <laughs> But okay, good. So, but uh, Zorak has picked Jello, yeah, and Jello is a good one. It's pretty solid. You know, specifically, if I was to say the Chinese buffet in town, they have like a little dessert case, and they have those like over gelatinated yeah. Jello cubes yep. that are like a little too stiff, and you don't know why. Yeah. But like specifically, those those Jello <laughs> is is what I think would be good sorrow drowning Jello. Jello. Just like stiff Jello, just like. Peaks, mm-hmm. stiff peaks. That's not what your recipe for Jello is supposed to say. <laughs> so we come back from the first break. Zorak and Mozart are gone. They're out of the picture. Space goes to try to move on with the show, and we're seeing how Mo settles in. Uh, Mo has no emotional reactions, meaning that he is a character that I empathize with <laughs> somehow. Mm-hmm. Really, that shouldn't be possible with somebody who doesn't emp- emote. Doesn't emp. <laughs> I mean, I hope he wouldn't amp. He would be shut down, just like all the toys and small soldiers. <laughs> That's a movie. <coughs> um, and then as soon as Space Ghost realizes that we're really not going to get any play off of Mo, he's just there to do his job impeccably. Uh, we bring out our first guest, Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller. Yay! Because why not? Like... He was around. Yeah. He was probably in the building doing voiceover <laughs> work for the comedy channel at uh-huh. the time. Like, what the heck? Um, 
And it was just really weird because, like, in this interview, Penn was like, now, we all know that they chop these interviews to heck and back. Yeah. But, like, there just wasn't a lot of, like, Penn always strikes me as, like, an over-the-top, like, not bodacious, <laughs> bombastic yeah. kind of. Like, 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 not so much, like, he's trying to, like, outweigh his own inherent elegance, but, oh, he's, he's just loud. He's a big fella. He's got a big personality. He's yeah, big person. He'll, he'll fast talk you a little bit, just sort of to make the point at like, and look how easily I fast talked you. Because mm-hmm. listen, I've got opinions about Penn Gillette, but I'll keep them to myself because I really hold nothing against the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just like a quiet and just sort of like withdrawn interview. It's just like nothing in there. It's just quiet. Like, what's going on with that? Oh, oh but. He does come out of shell long enough to tell us what his superpowers are. Yes. So. He doesn't have to sleep. That's pretty good. And he can control the minds of waterfowl. So. Which, that is a pretty strong power because I don't know if you've ever fought a swan. Well, because I was, I was going to say, like, when you say waterfowl, what does that really encompass? Because, like, obviously uh, it's ducks. ducks but, yeah, geese and swans. Mostly. Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, is there anything else at that point? Yeah, ducks, geese, swans. Because that's really like the, the most footed kind of. Yeah. I mean, is that anything with a bill? Because can you get like platypus in there? A platypus is not a bird, first of all. But it has a, a bill. Yeah, but it's not a bird. Okay, so you're just saying it just charge everything to its room. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. That's a smart reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just comes off as like, like Aquaman gets a lot of heat already. <laughs> but what if you were like, yeah, only like water-based animals who are actually on or above water because they're birds, and also like not even like like even if it was just like like I can communicate and control amphibians, mm-hmm. like that is a broader spectrum. Wait, do waterfowl fall into amphibious or not? No, they? they're birds. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. It's just like, okay, swans are strong. Like, Very. Like, those dudes will mess you up. Yeah. Something. Aw- Flamingos? I don't... Mm, they might be waterfowl. Did it, I think they have water Or did feet. it just stand in... No. Did it stand in water or near water? And does yes. that matter? I think it's more of a physiology of birds who, like, live on and around marshy areas. What's that one that's, like, on all those, like, Japanese woodblock paintings, prints? Cranes? Cranes, yeah. I wouldn't classify those as waterfowl. What about, like, a pelican? At, at this point, I'm just thinking about birds who hang around lakes because they eat yeah, fish. Yeah, I'm thinking more about marsh, like, more marshy kind of places. I don't know. I am not a scientist. I think that's what's making this so fun. For me, at least. I don't know what it's like to listen to. Um, what other... Like, we could just go Google it, but who no! has that kind of time? Don't you know, the ease of accessibility... <laughs> the easily accessible information of the modern technology age has ruined conversation. Don't you know that? Haven't you listened to any old person in the past decade? <laughs> Woof. <clears throat> What, having informed conversations? Pshaw. Yeah, it's like, man, wasn't it better when we just didn't know things? <laughs> oh, man, I'm a baby boomer. I'm going to get old soon. So, where you have Pendulette, you, of course, have Teller. 
Oh, so I did want to mention about Pendulette. Um, you notice he's got them painted fingernails. Just the one. I forget if it's just the one on one hand or if he's got one on both hands. I think it was just his. Le- I think it's just the left hand. Okay. I may be wrong. I'm trying to remember. I thought at at some point I had heard that uh, if you do notice that the reason for that is because of a like that. Um, oh, I'm trying to make a reference that I know even less about. Wow, the one who had like the. TV show the lady and every night when she was saying goodnight everybody she would tug her ear to be like like hi mom I love you that was like her little yeah. message um, that lady sure I, f- I feel like there was something I watched talking about these about Penn and Teller and for Penn keeping that painted fingernail was a thing mm-hmm. like a mess like a message that only he gets or something like that because it, I'm pretty sure it goes back to like that very simple, I'm going to put quotes around it, magic trick where it's the flyaway birdie thing. And then, like, that's why you would have one painted fingernail. Um, do you know that one? I don't know what you're talking about at all. So, okay, um, this is going to play terribly on radio. But you, you take... You take <laughs> this out. Well, because you, 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 like, put your finger over a ledge like this and mm-hmm. you say, like, ah, oh, there was a line and something, something, there's... Bird came and landed on, and you like flip your hand and rest it back down with the painted fingernail showing, and then they're like, "Whoa, his fingernail got painted!" But like, you just can't tell that it's a different finger because it's hidden behind the thing. And you're like, "Fly away, birdie!" And then you switch it to another finger that's unpainted again. So it's like, "Oh, it disappeared! Whoa, magic is amazing! I'm six. Um, it's a very like, like simple sleight of hand thing. It's a very like cool uncle." (laughs) <laughs> kind of thing when you don't realize like when you're young enough that you don't realize that the cool uncles are actually the like cr- bad uncles <laughs> or the, the unwelcome let's say they may be unwelcome at places i really like teller's tie what was his tie it was just black and white like checkered that's pretty good it's very ska yeah teller always <laughs> makes me think of some sort of ska businessman <laughs> that's not true but but of course, Teller doesn't speak, so uh, he kind of frustrates Space Ghosts. It's such a better interview, though. <laughs> like, I don't know how that's possible, but the guy who doesn't speak did such a better interview. Like, just, like, the expressiveness on his face, and he actually does a magic trick, yeah. kind of. And I, like- I actually really love that line. Like, right after he does the cards out of the mouth thing, Space Ghosts says, Ew. And just the way he delivers that line is, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, see, I love it because right before he spits all the cards out of his mouth, Space Ghost is is calling him on to say, what is it? Out with it. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out with it. That interview also has one of my favorite um, dad jokes. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when somebody doesn't speak, but they still, like, perform... That could be mime. Mm-hmm. So Space Ghost asks, is this mime? Mm-hmm. Is this mime? Or is it yours? <laughs> I, know, I love how he just does that in a little like aside to the camera and then goes right back to uh-huh. talking. <laughs> because I mean, he's trying to put on a show and he's yeah. trying to get an interview out of this guy. But he's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. I found the joke. <laughs> or is it yours? <laughs> and then back to it. Yep. Oh, it's so good. So good. In the middle of all this. We're uh, treated to a couple of the commissary scenes. Yes. Uh, including one 
where Multar mentions that they have a, uh, what is it, all-you-can-eat birthday cake and mm-hmm. a small fresca for two ninety five. Yeah. I don't know if it's the line delivery. I don't know if it's the specificity of this, like, commissary that only exists as one matte painting, but, like... Just that one. That's one of the ones that sticks to me. Just uh, small fresca, two ninety five. It's like, oh, weird. I also like his line about his seafood diet, which of course, you know, classic. I see food, I eat it. Except, but, except his delivery is I see food and I hate space ghost. It's a joke. That's like that's like a comedian's comedian right there because you know what the joke is mm-hmm. and then you joke on the joke by changing it oh <laughs> that's common as comedy it's yeah. also uh zorak asks multar to take off his helmet just so he can see his true face oh that's so good especially because yeah. then they just but yeah because at first multar is like no i don't, I don't want to do that and so zorak tries to convince him and he's like i'll be your friend no He's like, I'll give you a dollar. Well, okay. <laughs> also, <laughs> and then instead of actually getting to see what's under Multar's helmet, we get a cutaway to the serving lunch person, lady, man, <laughs> chef. He Blob. looks. They. It's, it's like an amoeba. I thought they looked like a piece of broccoli wearing like the <laughs> the pink and purple stripes like a soda jerk uh-huh. holding a spatula just like oh, this junk again <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Um. <laughs> but yeah so we get a cutaway and then we just hear lots of screaming <laughs> yeah the screams of the damned is what occurs <laughs> when Multar takes his helmet off I love that mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite lines out of uh, Penn is you know ostensibly he's a magician mm-hmm uh, so basically it goes, oh, uh, then you must believe in magic. And <laughs> this is Penn, and this is, like, one that I would always attribute to him if you ask me. It's just like, no, no, no. Magic is just another word for lying. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, like, that is so mean. <laughs> but also, like, that's one of those, like, it's like, oh, you're a tough love proponent, aren't you? <laughs> you're just like, oh, no, no, magic's not real. Magic is lying. It's like, oh. But I'm good at it. And listen, I will tell you, it's cool. It's like, but you just said, oh. It's one of those people. Mm -hmm. During the interviews, there is a couple of, and this is weird because it's like an unexpectedly good nod to an overriding premise of an episode because Space Ghost still tries to have his moments of like the like, like. Banter. Yeah. Where he'll just like, it's, it's again, it's that thing where like, the it's the stuff that was recorded off script, yeah. Like in the actual recording session, where he just throws it over his shoulder, and they have him say it to, to Zorak or whatever. Yeah. They put those in there, and then they cut to Zorak's uh, <laughs> piano pit, where he's just not there, and the joke just falls, and it's just like <laughs> it, you you see that little thing. It's like a good piece of like visual storytelling of just like oh. It's empty. It's sad, but he still tries to like whether it's muscle memory or mm-hmm. whether it's sad. It's just like, like that's more story than any space coast app has like a right to put into <laughs> it. You know, it's like oh, there's, there was like an emotion there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. And one of them, w- well, one of the instances of this was actually the line "farms have chickens." Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yes. Because that's a callback, and like starting from there. Or maybe it even started earlier and I might have missed it. But, like, from that point on, the show gets 
very, very callback heavy and like just increases as time goes on. Well, that makes sense though, because now they have stuff to call back to. That's true. They can actually start doing that. Um but yeah, like uh Farm to the Second is the first one. I'll let you know when we get to others. Okay. Um But also that's just like a weird one because it it like not only is it a callback, but it falls flat on the banter side, so mm-hmm. it's just like, wait a second. But is it also f- falling flat because that's just like a weird, stupid callback to a joke that wasn't even that no. good? No, I, I think it's also just it. It, it also <laughs> came across to me as like, um, like when kids learn a fact, and it's like, you know, they learn a fact about like butterflies or whatever, and then if butterflies come up in conversation, they just like say the fact because they associate it with it, and they're proud of knowing that fact. Yeah. It just kind of struck me as that sort of thing. Like, it's just Space Ghost, like, being like, oh, you know, that's where chickens are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> well, like, and that's the thing. Like, some people's sense of humor works the same way, where it's just like, oh, hey, here's that joke I heard once. Oh, here's something, like, tangentially related to that, so I'm just going to say the joke. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even a joke, really. It's just like, it's, oh, I know about farms. That's where chickens are. It's the pure referential humor. Yeah. Which is amazing because like that, that is my appreciation for Space Ghost. Yeah, like, I mean, like it really, it really fits Space Ghost's personality. It really <laughs> like, does. It's the kind of thing he would just do. And it's just that little stupid thing of just like farms have chickens, especially. And then like, if you don't know that's a callback, yeah, that is just crazy. Like that yeah. is just insane. That is just like um, oh, who was it? I think it was. I'm gonna say Pusheen. But I think most people of this generation are going to think of that cat. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually thinking of Brian Posehn, uh, where he had a joke that, like, um, if you see a crazy person walking down the street, sometimes the difference between crazy or not is if they have a little kid walking with them. Because mm-hmm. if you ha- if you if you have a little kid walking with you and you're holding their hand and you see everything seems fine and you just go like, the cow doesn't go bark bark, the cow <laughs> goes moo moo. Like, if you have a kid with you, that yeah. line is fine. If you're by yourself, you are crazy. <laughs> you are top shelf, red label crazy. <laughs> so, I think that's, like, kind of the same thing for Space Ghost in this situation. Yeah. And then we come back mm-hmm. from our second break. And we have... Joel Hodgson. Joel Robinson. Like I said. <laughs> I like this because this is where we learn that... uh much like uh, real people who are very bad at having emotional reactions, Mode 2000 is also a huge pedant. Mm-hmm. Because... Well, I mean, it's his job to, like, you know, have the facts. And if he's, like, introducing um, a guest, he's going to say they're correct It's And it's true, because he never calls Space Ghost Space Ghost. Mo 2000 yeah. always calls him Tad, yep. because his name is Tad Ghostal. And yep. that's just, like... <laughs> <coughs> and like that's actually one of the the great burns that happened after the the Penn and Teller interviews because Space Ghost was like I'm dying out there you didn't laugh at any of my jokes Mo and Mo 2000 just like I fully f- <laughs> you didn't make any Tad <laughs> it's just like oh my god that's such a good burn <laughs> he fully I fully functioned according to my programming <laughs> oh like you're right you're right you did your job oh uh, I like that dude. That dude's all right in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, now we have Joel Robinson. Who is also from space. From a show in space. He Yeah, he stops and he actually says, like, let me make this clear. Mystery Science Theater was a TV show, Space <laughs> Ghost. And, like, which, okay, the theme song to MST also included that. So is that yeah. a strange way of being in character is to, <laughs> I mean, like, of. enforce the concept that the show was just a show? It's like, I don't know. We're going to be. So Joel is really interesting as an interview because, um, like, like, like when he's introed, he comes out and says, did I just lower from the ceiling? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part. <laughs> because, like, he's possibly the only person so far who has, like, seen and watched and enjoyed Space Ghost yeah. instead of just, like, being introduced to it as, like, and here's the thing you're going to be on this afternoon. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> um, but, like, we know this already because uh, Joel wrote Urges. Mm-hmm. Or wrote part of it, helped on the script, something like that. Yeah. So, like... This is a, uh, you could take this as a weird form of, like, uh, self-reflection, I guess. (laughs) But, like, it's also part of what makes this a good episode is because they make it a good fit. Because, like, I don't know, like, the personal relationships outside of the show. Like, I don't know how Joel came in to help on this in the first place. You got to figure somebody was a friend or somebody was a fan and somebody came in. Um, But, like, there was that connection behind the scene. And there's a lot of that shared... um, like that shared history and like cultural background of just yeah. like the kind of jokes they make and being super referential. Like, right. <laughs> like you watch any MST for long enough and you realize like, oh, like, yeah, like sometimes you're making jokes, but a lot of times there's just like picking pop culture thing and just mapping it onto here. And that's the joke It's just like, yeah. oh, like what episode was it where they go on about the whole like olympic ice skating scandal oh yeah with tanya harding yeah the tanya harding thing like <laughs> like that's like a full third of that movie they're making yeah. that riff and almost exclusively that riff in that one <laughs> that was a weird one um well I, that's one of the things you kind of like you want i kind of want to check the dates on like when all that stuff went down and like whether it was just like in the news or something around that time yeah i mean that's the cool thing about the episodes that shout factory is putting on youtube is mm. that they're fully annotated with like the context for the jokes. Yeah. Which oh, can I just like that is such a fantastic and like insane artifact. Yeah. Like it's I think it's great for just like historical purposes because you have fans who are a lot younger than like when the show originally came out and a lot of the references and stuff are to things they probably have no idea about. So it's cool just to like learn some cultural history like it's cool if you're so, like if you're i enjoyed it anyway i don't want to say if you're like part of the mtv generation because i don't think that's a thing anymore <laughs> actually um but yeah like like i'm not entirely sure who the person is who is like i was born post 2000 and i want to go and learn about like that late 90s tv culture stuff like i want to learn about MTV in its prime. I want to, which, to, if you ask me, is like the Beavis and Butthead era, not necessarily uh, t- TRL. <laughs> which, who listening even understands that acronym? Who knows what, what that extends I don't, to? I don't even know what that means because I didn't watch MTV. Oh my god, I'm the oldest man on the planet. <laughs> hey, did you hear that? That was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, because it's, 
that style of humor. Like, yeah, if you don't know the context, if you don't know what they're referencing, it just doesn't work. And it's not funny. It's just kind of weird. Right. Except <laughs> if you go back and watch, like, like mm, certain seasons of The Simpsons mm-hmm. and, like, they did it right because they sort of, like, just – they didn't necessarily reference something. They used something. Right. So, like, when you go back and you realize, like – yeah, but when you're older and you go back and watch them, you realize how much they're referencing like classic yeah. movies and stuff that you didn't know were a thing when you were little. I, exactly. Like I think I think for our generation, especially Simpsons, was that thing where like they had stuff that they were referencing. Yeah. But we came in and saw Simpsons first because right. you kind of always learned. So that's stuff. what you associate it with. Yeah, but and then just but like that's the thing: the things that you did not realize were like shot for shot recreations of scenes from yeah. movies, or like using lines or all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They did it they did the references right where like it's like they just do it again it's a, and it's also still it's funny own, it still works like, yeah like it's its own thing that can be enjoyed it, I feel like with with MST though like when you're making fun of movies and stuff like referential humor like works for that sort of thing mm. so I don't mind it so much in that it whereas, does whereas like if you have a TV show like The Simpsons or like a sitcom or something where it's like the joke is just the reference and they're not doing anything with it then it's just like yeah. really thin yeah no, like i'm saying like there's there's a thing where like if you can take a reference and map it in just the right way it stays funny and it kind of becomes timeless right. when you're so this actually kind of goes back to a uh uh an episode of dave and joel's fast karate for the gentleman dave and com. it's I haven't listened to it in a while, but those guys are fantastic. Go buy Dave's book. Um, <laughs> they actually talk about this show that I have right here, uh, Martian Successor Nadezuko. Okay, the thing that you need to know is that this is like a giant robot show. Okay. But like on the real list, uh, anime, for those listening, you can't mm-hmm. see the anime girl on the box. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Don't look at it too long. you hurt yourself. Um, it's a giant robot show, but sort of in that realistic show robot show sense or like a Gundam or like a you know something where they aren't just shooting beams out of their chest forever at yeah. the end of every episode um but what they do is they make a lot of references that pull directly from uh those super robot shows like your Mazinger and your Getter Robo and your Tetsujin 28 mm-hmm. and the what they do is they aren't just pulling from it. They put like a fake version of Getter Robo into their show that the characters love and watch. Oh, cool. So this this realistic giant robot show has a super giant robot show inside of it. And then so even though... So the pilots and stuff were like realistically like if you grew up watching robot shows and then got to drive a, a giant robot, you would totally be making references to the yes. show you grew up watching. And so that's kind of things like like even though they are directly making a reference to get a robo, mm-hmm. like they then take it and explain it enough in their own terms. Mm-hmm. Like they basically just start over and condense it to the point where you get the references that they're making. Mm-hmm. Um that is like a long-winded way of doing it. That sounds it, but... like though it would be really good for like character development purposes. Yeah, that's something that works like on a long enough time scale. Yeah. Um and no like that's totally a thing like there's a part where characters in that get depressed and they go hide in their room and watch the show over and over <laughs> again like they do like the I was going to say the Adam song thing where they just like watch a certain episode on repeat or whatever. Yeah. Um which okay, how would this go? Uh, 
I'm just wondering what you could do with that because, like, for me, that show would probably be Gurren Lagann. Uh-huh. Like, if there was a giant robot show that I oh, watched yeah. when I got depressed and watched certain episodes on repeat, it yeah. would be that show. Yep. Okay, so how do we just continue this cycle. recursive loop of putting robot shows in robot shows <laughs> in robot shows in robots in robots in robot shows? Mm-hmm. I mean, watching giant robot shows <laughs> in your giant robot is probably the most ideal place to watch it. Well, no, because you got to be doing, like, sick jump jetting. That actually might be the way Drop to do turn it. Drop turn kickbacks. <laughs> like that <laughs> might be, that might be the actual way to do it is to like make a new Mech Warrior game, but mm-hmm. then in the Mech Warrior game there is like a Gundam Fanboys. a Gundam stand in <laughs> that you just like pop up like it's like oh my commander's telling me some some bull that I don't want to listen to and you just sort of slide the Gundam window <laughs> over their face in the comport. Uh-huh. Oh, that'd be pretty good actually. That would be pretty good. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, back on topic. Right, so that, that's all things about callbacks. There's a right. couple more in here, uh, but there we go. Oh, no, we were talking we're, about Joel. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and Mystery Science Teacher. And about how they have sort of like a shared... So, and then, like, so, yeah, so then Joel ends up being, like, a really, really good interview because, like, he knows the sense of the show. Right. He is a factor in the humor of the show, and just, like, it really fits so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he's a fan. Like, he's a fan, but he's also somebody who, like, has worked in this context. So. Yeah. Because there's, like, oh, the fan finally gets to do the thing that they love, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I've been to anime conventions. That stuff <laughs> just ends up falling flat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we already had something falling flat in this episode, so this had to work well. You know, it's a yeah. short end of the stick. Oh, you have to be the competent part. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we continue to fall flat, which... Also is the Space Ghost mantra is, yo, put up the part where we fall flat. Um, make a part where we fall flat. <laughs> uh, was it? How did I put it? Way long ago, back when we used to record this show? Like, I don't remember. Scripted incompetence. <laughs> yeah, like sure. like the, the sound, like the noises of hammers falling in the yeah. background. Like this has always been a theme of Space Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they set it up and they tried to do a live riff segment. Well, because, of course, Space Ghost wants to get in on that. He's like, I can be funny, too. Yeah. And they're like, okay, maybe Space Ghost is a fan of MSC. He, lo- he loves the idea. That's, yeah. that's cool. All right. Everybody's a fan. This is mm-hmm. like a, this is a, this is a real posy environment. <laughs> it's just everybody's a big fan. Everybody loves each other's work. We're supportive here. Um, but so, yeah, about this riff segment. Yeah. Because, okay, okay. Let me answer the question. That's not the original footage that was... So, so originally, when the show aired, they had clips from an Ultraman show. Okay. And if you listen, there's like an iconic sound of Ultraman growing that I, you can still hear. Yeah, I was going to say, the audio sounded like it was from an actual, like, something that they would watch. But the video, definitely, one, didn't match it, and two, was definitely, like, sweeted version of something. <laughs> so, technically, it's not sweeted. Because what that video is... All original. It, yes. <laughs> it is their, like, college projects trying to make their own, like, kaiju, mini kaiju Ultraman kind of monster movie film. Okay. But, like, it, I don't think it was, like, ripping anything, or at least, you know... Like, I don't think it was trying it was to like recreate anything. Genre. I think it was just like, hey, these are things I like. Now I'll make my <laughs> own. It was doing that fan thing. Okay. Um, but it is, like, honestly of... It was one of the producers on a show. I forget which one, but like, P- 
people the people who made this show uh-huh. started by making that kind of garbage. Um, sure. And then, and again, the only reason it's on the DVD is the DVD version we watched is because of licensing. Because uh, of course, like because Ultraman. Yeah, did they have the rights to show that? I don't know. I really. Is it Ultraman that's on the Shout Factory website that you can go stream? I don't now? know. It's like Ultraman or it's Ultra Seven or it's. Is it the Ninja Science Team one? One of the, something from that era is on Shout Factory, and I've been meaning to go watch it. Uh-huh. Um, and no riffs happen, by the way, <laughs> because that's the thing. Like, yeah, again, you go back to MST. Like, I think people are starting to understand it now because we are in this modern internet age, and we just share everything. Yeah. Uh, but like for a while, that was the thing about. It. People did not realize that MST was not like live rift. Right. Though they watched started through those. off that way. Yeah, no, you can go back and find the dig up the KTMA public access episodes where they did riff those live. Coming soon, our new show orbiting the satellite of love. <laughs> oh boy! Well, we got to see what they do with the new episode. Yeah, Maybe that's no, already I'm... a thing. Maybe we're going to orbit the satellite of the satellite of love. <laughs> Satelliting. Yeah, in case you didn't know, we're also big mystery science theater fans. <laughs> yeah, that's you. You should be apparent by now. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, the original episodes were live riffs of yeah, the, movies that they, like, hadn't actually, like, watched through all the way. Which, like, they're a little funny, but a lot of them, the jokes are just, like, wrong? Yeah. It's kind of fun to watch, again, like, like as, like, a cute, like, archival thing. Like, man, look at where they started. Yeah. Like, um, and it's it's exactly what the kind of thing you do with your friends. Like, you just make dumb jokes, not all of them work. Yeah. And, like, it's a lot of long, um... Two of you pretend to be robots, but, you know, <laughs> it's just me. There's a lot of, like, lulls between jokes and stuff like that. and um, A lot of stepping on each other's jokes. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, a lot of overlap with, like, dialogue in the movie or whatever stuff. Whereas later on, when they've, like, you know, they sit and watch it a few times and write jokes and then space it all out nicely. Yeah, they they actually did work on that show, hard <laughs> as it is to believe. Yeah. Um, actually, anybody who's like into prop making and puppetry and stuff like that, like yeah. there was a lot of work done on that show. There was oh, some yeah. talent that went into it. It's I just would, like uh, it l- kind of looks like thrown together garbage. Yeah, but that like I would have loved actually to... achieving what they did is kind of astounding yeah, when you actually like, know about. The that's processes. the kind of show that I would have loved. I would love to like do a show like that with my friends, kind of thing. Like, yep, it's it's great. Uh, but yeah, so that segment continues to be unfunny. Again, mm-hmm. purposely unfunny, but yeah. let's take it to show. Because, of course, Space goes just like, uh, 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 uh joke. G- not even. Not even. Uh, <laughs> it's because Moltar and Zarek are gone. They're yeah. still over in the commissary. What are they doing in the commissary? Let me tell you. Toy boat. <laughs> Toy boat. 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 It is hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. <laughs> like, they're not even, like, spiteful against Space Ghost anymore. They're just being silly. They're just like, yeah. they're just like, well, we're over here. We're doing our thing. They're, <laughs> just, they're getting bored of being mad over being fired. And mm-hmm. that's great. <laughs> Is that kind of character development? Well, I don't know if it's development. I just think it's just reflective of how, like, little they care about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's fun to hate Space Ghost, but like, we're yeah, over we here get now, a so. day off, basically. <laughs> And then things the the Joel interview gets weird in the middle and kind of at the end because like it takes a turn and they start getting like argumentative. Yeah. Because I mean you gotta do that with somebody. Sure. Um 
But like, okay, here's what I want to know. Okay. They talk about like, oh, if we were in a fight, um, you know, I'd whoop you and all that. Yeah. Here's what Joel Robinson said. Here's mm-hmm. what Joel Hodgman says. Here's what Joel <laughs> Robert Hodgman says. Um, and you tell me what you think it means. He says, you know, I'm not that big, but I'll crawl you. <laughs> What does that mean? I think that's like when you get really, really low and like make the other person kind of like have to come down to your level and you kind of attack their legs and knock them over. I thought that was like, yeah, like I thought that was like when like you're on all fours, but then you like get up on their legs and you just start spinning around (laughs) like on a zero point circle (laughs) like that episode of Monster Factory. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it's quite that. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm down here. But I'm, it's like, I was, it's like if you said like, oh, I'm gonna bite your ankles. Okay, that makes yeah. sense for what you're. But I'll crawl you. Um, I mean, he follows it up with a much better one. Um, it's like Space Ghost says, like, oh, why don't you come over here and say that and show me what you got? And then mm-hmm. Joel says, I would, but I'm in this TV. <laughs> yeah, could <laughs> he? It. I love. He's playing up the like. The, the like the show of force where it's like your friends are holding you back so you talk big but as soon as they let go you would just like be like oh uh, uh. But I, I just like that commitment to the gig of I'm in this TV like no yeah. I know how this show works I'm in a <laughs> tiny box on your set we don't know what that actually means but I'm in this TV mm-hmm. um, also um, I'll take your butt wrap it around your neck and give you a new pair of shoulders I love that that's really Good. It is amazing. I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> the only one that might be better is the one Mike does says in a couple of seasons. Um, should I go ahead and just spit that here now while we're talking no. about it? I'll bring this one up Save again when it. we get there. Yeah. Um, Mike Judge has a good one coming up. <laughs> um, but yeah, give you a new pair of shoulders <laughs> is like I just think about that, and you would need like some silly putty filled its physiology mm-hmm. in order for that to be possible like i don't think car accident victims are in quite that state yeah like that's like beyond some yoga stuff like that's like you can fold yourself into a suitcase and not be that bad <laughs> off yeah so of course space ghost is getting super worked up and and mo 2000 is doing his job of trying to hold him back saying no don't space ghost don't do it <laughs> No, not even that. He's just like, wait, hold on. I'm confused. <laughs> they just get so angry, and Space Ghost is so just like stupid and silly about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Mo can't take it. He's just like, I don't. What is going on? I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how Joel diffuses the situation because he's like, oh, what would you do to me, Space Ghost? What kind of rays you got? And then Space Ghost <laughs> just starts listing off rays, yeah. and they get into like, what rays do you have? Um, <laughs> I wrote them down. Uh huh. So um, did I. Okay, good. Uh, would you like to start or yeah. shall I? Uh, well, of course, you got the Destructo Ray. Standard issue on all power yep. bands. We, I believe we've seen it before. Oh, Usually yeah. when he shoots a ray, it's a Destructo Ray. Yep. Uh, um, there's a Freeze Ray. Freeze Ray. That's all uh, Johnny Snow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, not an Invisible Ray, but on his belt, he has the Invisible Belt. He has an Invisible Belt. Mm-hmm. Um. Was it? Uh, There's also a spank ray. Was Andy Dick the one? And right, we haven't seen Andy Dick yet. That's an, a later episode. 
Andy Dick comes on and tries to say that he has his invisible belt, but Space Ghost calls him on that. <laughs> um, he has a spank so ray. Joel, I don't know if he does. I think Joel was just like trying to remember what kinds of rays he has. No, spank ray is the one that Space Ghost says. Like, oh, okay. Spank you smartly, my <laughs> spank ray. Spank you smartly. What? <laughs> um, that's when it's inviso ray, actually inviso belt. Right. Um. And then Space Ghost misfires. <laughs> and he fires off his smell ray. Yeah. It's like, okay, why do you have that, Space Ghost? Uh, I think there's another episode where he talks about hamster ray. Does that um, shoot hamsters out of it? I don't know. There's a... um, It's on the episode Freak Show. He has a double ray where he uh, shoots with one arm, but two rays come out to make sure that... um. Sure. The dude from Green Jelly is dead. Yeah, okay. Um, he has, like, a remote control rays to change channels on, on TV. Yeah. You know, uh, that's important. Gotta have that. Um, and then, actually, the interesting one is when he gets into a fight with Birdman, because Birdman has his own assortment of rays and powers. Oh, boy. And that's actually a pretty cool... The showdown um, of the season. Yeah. And it's... Uh, the fight itself is broken up by a love song from our, our in-studio guests. I like that episode. I like what it does with the color scheme. Okay. I will look forward to that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's it's where the line six-piece chicken McNobody comes from. <laughs> so it's a really good episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, like, at this point, Mo can't take it anymore. Yeah. Mo2000 says... Uh, Tad, it has become clear to me that you are unfit to rule the show, to host the show. You are fired. <laughs> uh, Which makes sense. I'm pretty sure any computer of even lesser intelligence would come to that conclusion. Oh, yeah, no. Like, he would <laughs> confuse it by hitting it with a bigger rock. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a way later episode. That's not even Space Ghost anymore. <laughs> um, and then, then they do the good one of... Uh, uh, what, do you expect me to just hand over the keys to the show to you, Mo? And he goes, no, Tad, I expect you to die. <laughs> and all the alarms go off, and it goes yeah. crazy. And the, he lets all the oxygen out of the room. To which Joel, Joel has the best, like, horrified scream. Yeah. Because it's just, ah. Uh... Because, <laughs> like, people forgot he was there. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, I'm here. Oh, well, uh, also at this point, Zorak and Moltar had come back into the room because they were tired of hanging out in the... Oh, no, um... They started playing they John Tesh. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, I didn't even write that down. I just know that <laughs> off the dome. Yeah, so they oh, come back. God. But, of course, when, when Mo lets the oxygen out of the room, then Zorak starts turning blue. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't affect Space Ghost. Space no. Ghost doesn't need oxygen. No. I guess because he's dead. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's come up before that he doesn't need to breathe. Um, do we... Yeah, that was in, um, Boo. With the ghost expert... I can't remember his name. Michael... Sarah? <laughs> no. He's a sliver of a boy! No. Okay. Not him. That's a... We're doing our own references today. Yeah. Well, I am. Hang on, I'm trying to remember. I thought there was a different callback. Uh, there was. When Space Ghost is about to shoot Joel, he says... Uh, forgive me, Banjo. When, she, when he shoots Mo, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He shoots Mo. Yeah. So this is where like everything breaks down. So like <laughs> to 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 calm the chaos, uh, Space Ghost has to shoot Mo two thousand with a uh, destructo ray. 
uh, and he says, forgive me, Banjo, that's a callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, Mo explodes and does a double referential death scene uh, <laughs> because he slowly fades out and winds down while singing Space Ghost, Space Ghost, You're the Most, way, 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 way. Yeah. So that is both a reference back to the Ramones episode uh-huh. and to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Right. And then you finally, like, because, like, so the thing about Space Ghost, they don't tell you the episode titles up front. Yeah. Uh, I just know them because insanity um i was wondering about that all episode too i was like where the heck did they get the title yes and then they had the computer with the howl voice and i was like okay maybe it's just that but then by the end i was like no by the part where the computer like goes crazy takes over tries to kill him like okay i see where we're going now (laughs) except it's not over yet and then it goes further because then it goes crazier and it kind of makes sense with why the callbacks have been like like coming fast and hard all episode Mm -hmm. is because they get inexplicably stuck in a space time warp yeah where they're going and it's all clips they're like flying through abstracted space and Mm -hmm. video clips from episodes from the first and second season and you're just flying through them and they're doing the space odyssey thing where it's they're focusing on the character's eyeballs and they're going different colors which is fun when they get to space ghost because he doesn't have any pupils, <laughs> Monsar doesn't have any eyes, and Zorak just has those big old eyes, <laughs> and it still makes the blank noises. He has enough eyes for the three of them. He really does. Uh, and then, um, so they're going through all of that, and like you could call those all callbacks, because they're just hitting everything yeah. and playing the clips and showing the videos. They're playing the 2001, uh, what's the, the, the classical piece they use for that? Dun, 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 dun. The only piece of music name I know from that is Thus Spoke Zarathustra, but I don't know if that's the same track. But it's that one track from that movie. Yeah. You know. Um, And then it ends, and we're in space, and we... And And we get a giant time baby. Get Zorak as giant space baby. And he has a belly button. And he's got like a weird fleshy brain can. Yeah. And he's giving the thumbs up. The yeah. thumbs up is so great. Well, he's like super excited to be a giant time baby. He goes, I'm a space baby. Yahoo! <laughs> and then, then continues cheering through the credits. Once in the middle of the credits, you get that Yahoo again. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I just I imagine it's because the space time war had some after effects. That's what I always <laughs> attribute it to and not. Well, he's like drifting away. Yeah, like, oh. Yeah. And I mean. And that's uh, where it ends. Yeah. That's where the movie ended. That's where the show ends. That's mm-hmm. where it pops it up and it says $20.01, which yeah. I guess is how much they thought it looked like it was spent on the entire <laughs> show budget. Um, did I ever tell you about the time we went to McDonald's drive through at midnight and uh, we ordered just enough food that the total came out to 1999 and we nice. handed him a $20 bill and it said 2000 and this was in like the year 2000, <laughs> I think. So we were, like, us in the car and the cashier were all just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> And then that was a lucky penny, and I have no idea where that penny went. <laughs> I'm bad at luck. You make your own luck. Make your own luck. I think it's going to do it for the show. Yeah. I mean, that's the end of the episode. That's a heck of an episode. This is a barn burner of an episode. <laughs> oh, my golly, gosh, and geez. Uh, golly, gosh, and geez. It's a, like a, you get a golly, gosh, and geez and wine platter. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was uh, like a, a mom and pop convenience store shop. 
I would have made a, a reference to the restaurant G's that we have in town here, but <laughs> only we would get it. I don't like doing local humor here <laughs> in Austin. <laughs> Somebody's listening in Austin, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I was in San Mateo. Is that a place? Yeah. That's in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I was walking through Central Park today. Woo! <laughs> hey, Barcade, Grand Canyon. I don't. These are places. They sure are. So that's going to do it. Thanks for sticking with us. This was a barn burner of an episode. I really look... Uh, yeah, I keep saying it. What do you want? I don't... Um, this was a real humdinger. I just wasn't sure if you realized how much you were saying it. <clears throat> I realized it, and then I was like, all right, well, let me just forge ahead with that knowledge, and I did it again anyway. <laughs> um, this was a real lengthy episode. Uh, Consider it a welcome back. Uh, hopefully, uh, I intend to get back into doing this on a regular schedule yeah we'll see if that actually happens we can make it work we can make it work and when we do we hope that you will join us as we sit down to watch another episode and complete another orbit around the ghost planet thank you and good night You have been listening to Orbiting the Ghost Planet, an Aliku Studios Podcast Network production. You can visit the show page at alikustudios.net slash podcast slash ghost planet. There you can find the rest of our episodes, the RSS feed for the show, and links to our Facebook page where you can talk about this and all the other Aliku Studios shows. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, you can help us by leaving a quick review and rating. Please visit alikustudios.net to learn more about us and what we do. That's O-L-E-E-T-K-U. Listen, we need to get out of here right now. Walt Disney escaped his cryosleep and he's on the loose. These are just fun to do. Do we yeah. have to do an episode? <laughs> just do an entire episode of these. Just have previously on, and it takes up like five minutes. I believe we can actually start the episode now. Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat>